Today's scripture is from Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our Creator, our Redeemer, and our Sustainer. Amen. Amen. So this week, we're looking at Jonah. Last week, if we remember, if we uh, remember or watched the video or came to worship at the hub last week, Jonah had heard the word from God. Jonah heard the word from God to go to Nineveh, to go to the capital of Assyria, and there to preach against them, to preach against their violence. And Jonah instead gets up from Gath Hefer and runs the other way. He runs all the way to Joppa. He gets on a boat to Tarshish. The map that's up on your screen, if you're looking at it, Jonah runs the wrong way and gets on a boat for the end of the world. And there God sends a storm after him. And Jonah was thrown overboard by the, the, or the pagan sailors. And then God provided a huge fish to swallow up Jonah. Normally when we talk about Jonah, it's Jonah and the whale. That a giant whale swallows Jonah so that he can be saved. And the Hebrew is actually very specific. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the Hebrew up on the screen for us to look at. Dog means fish. This is in Genesis when God says, let us create fish for the oceans. God says, let us create dog. But tanin means whale um, or sea monster. And, and we see tanin, uh, especially in Ezekiel that there are tanin in the ocean. In the depths of the ocean, there are tanin, which means whale, uh, sea monster, serpent, all of that, mean, all of that uh, is translated from the word tanin. But when we read in Jonah, what we read is that God sends a dog. God sends a fish after Jonah. It could be a dogfish. It could be a shark. It, it wasn't a whale. It was, it was probably not much bigger than Jonah. For me, the image of Jonah in a whale I think it's from a memory that I had from the movie Pinocchio. Um, I'm going to put this image up on your screen. Geppetto, he's the father of Pinocchio, 
he's swallowed by this big whale, the monstro. And inside, he's living inside of it on his boat that is, is broken. And Geppetto is sitting on the side of a boat and he's fishing. And if we look at this picture, we see that, that there's Geppetto and, and, and there's the boat. And we can see the, the, the spine of the whale above him. This is a huge cavernous space that Geppetto is, is stuck in. And I think that's what I always think about when I think about Jonah. That would be the tanin if God had sent a whale after Jonah. But God sent a fish after Jonah. And I don't think that that image is, is entirely accurate. This is a picture from the Eastern Orthodox Church. This is called an icon. This has Jonah and he's being swallowed by a, a fish or a serpent that is not that much bigger than Jonah. This isn't a, a big cavernous space that Jonah can occupy. This is a tiny space, really the size of Jonah. This is the difference between a dog and a tanin. This is the kind of fish that I envision Jonah living in for three days. It's tight and constrained. Jonah's not sitting up. He's not curled up into a ball. He's not sitting on a boat like Geppetto was. He's trapped. His arms are stuck at his side. He's claustrophobic. It's dark and, and dingy in there. It's like, the, it's like a basement or a, or a sleeping bag like we talked about in the children's message. Jonah is stuck in the darkness for three days. Surrounded by rotting fish, surrounded by stomach acid that is bleaching his skin and bleaching his hair. Stuck in, in really what, what is a pretty hellish environment. It is pretty disgusting and pretty gross to be stuck in the belly of a fish. Especially a fish this small. Especially a fish that is barely bigger than I am. That I'm, I'm stuck scrunched up like this for three days. That's where Jonah ends up. That's where Jonah's stuck. He's, he's stuck for three days in the darkness, in the bottom of the ocean. It's cold and dark and smells like rotting fish and stomach, is, stomach acid is burning his skin. That is where Jonah is in the beginning of chapter 2. And there he starts to pray. He starts to pray to God and he says he thought that he was dead. He starts to pray to God and he says that he was drowning until the fish that God had sent saved him. He prays to God and says that he finally understands that God is wonderful and amazing, that God loves Jonah and that Jonah loves God back. He prays that God has saved him from certain death. And most importantly, he doesn't pray to God in church. He doesn't pray to God in, in a temple. He doesn't pray to God before a meal. He doesn't pray to God before he's getting into bed. Jonah is praying in the belly of a fish in the bottom of the ocean where he is lost and confused and trapped. There, Jonah prays this prayer. And what Jonah says, he prays, In my distress... I called to the Lord, and the Lord answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you, God, listened to my cry. Jonah had thought he died. He was thrown overboard and thrown into the depths of the water. He plunged into darkness and thought that he was dead, and so he called out to God. He prayed to God with every last ounce of strength that he had. And Jonah says, you hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas. 
The currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. I tried to run from you. I tried to hide. I tried to go to the very ends of the earth. I didn't want you to know where I was. I didn't want you to track me down. But in dying, in dying, I will see heaven. In dying, I will see your heavenly uh, temple. In death, I will look for you and I will seek you out. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath me barred me in forever. Seaweed wrapping around his head. The deep waters surrounding him. To the very depths of the ocean, Jonah drowned. To the roots of the mountain, to the very bottom of the ocean, I sank down. The earth became a tomb, a prison, a locked cell. Jonah was not getting out of this. He was buried and stuck there forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. On the point of death, I remembered you, God, and I prayed to you, and you heard my prayer. You were there, and you saved me. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. The pagans, the Assyrians, the Ninevites, all of them turn away from God's love. All sinners turn from God's love, Jonah is saying. And yet, God is still loving. And so Jonah will shout God's praise to them. God will share, or Jonah will share God's praise to all of those who need to hear it. He says that he will sacrifice to God. He will vow and promise and serve God. That Jonah will preach the good news of God and share this news that salvation comes from the Lord. Now, this is an interesting prayer. It's, it's like a prayer we'd read in the Psalms. There's a structure to the prayer. Jonah describes the situation he's in, that he was thrown into the ocean. Jonah describes what he thinks will happen, that he will die. And then the change, that God brings forth life instead of destruction. That Jonah's life was ebbing away and God saves him. And then Jonah turns and Jonah explains how he will change, how he will live his life differently because of God's love and because of God's faithfulness and because of God's praise. And then after all of this, God hears Jonah and God commands the fish to vomit Jonah onto the shore to finish the work that Jonah had been sent on, to finish the mission that Jonah was aimed toward, to, to go to Nineveh. Jonah is, is vomited up on the, on, the, on the dry sand 
his skin bleached, his hair uh, white from the from the the guts and from the acid of the of the fish. There, then Jonah is pointed to Nineveh, and the message is clear: Go and proclaim this news. Go and tell them to turn against their violent ways, and to preach that salvation comes from the Lord. God hears Jonah. Again, in the, in the belly of the fish, Jonah was in the bottom of the ocean. He was, he was, you know, Jonah wanted to get to the end of the world, and I think Jonah got to the end of the world. He was in the belly of the fish, and there God hears him. There God hears him and listens to what Jonah is saying. And then God acts in Jonah's life, points Jonah on the right side, points Jonah in the right direction, and says, Jonah, okay, now it's time to go. Friends, I don't think we've ever been in the belly of a fish. It feels like it a little bit, especially being stuck at home right now in, in quarantine. But I don't think we've ever been in the belly of a fish. I don't think we've ever been surrounded by, by stomach acid and, and rotting fish. I don't think we've ever been in such a tight, tight, constrained place in a, in a sleeping bag in the bottom of the ocean. But even if we were, God would still hear us. Even if we're in our church sanctuary, God will still hear us. Even if we're at home in bed praying before we go to sleep or at the dinner table praying before we eat, God will hear us. Our theology of prayer is simple, that we pray to God through the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit allows us connection to God, that we may pray and God will listen to us. We don't need to pray a lot. We don't need to pray on, on, on the corner. We don't need a ton of people to pray that God will hear even one of us and God will respond. Now, I've prayed for a lot of things. God has responded to some of them. He hasn't responded to others. God has responded in ways that I never thought was going to happen. Before I became a pastor, I uh, had been accepted to, to serve as a chaplain in a national park. Um, so I was going to go to Montana and serve in Glacier National Park for the summer as a chaplain, uh, holding services and leading a team of other chaplains to, to pray for people, to have services every week, to, to have Bible studies and, and other groups in the national park. And then I, I prayed heavily about this and, and prayed if, how I was going to take off from work and what I was going to do. And, and I said, God, if this is your will, this is what I will follow. And I'd accepted the, the appointment. I, I'd accepted the, the placement in Glacier National Park. I was looking forward to it. I got excited. My boss was very happy and, and was going to, uh, going to continue my, my health benefits during the summer. And everything was working out really well. And then I got a phone call from the district superintendent. I got a phone call that I was being appointed as a pastor. And now I was stuck with, with God answering my prayers in, in many other ways than what I was expecting. Here I had the opportunity to go to Glacier National Park, to go to a, a beautiful national park for the summer, explore it and, and lead a team of, of, of fellow college students and fellow seminarians, to lead a team of chaplains in, in one of the most beautiful places in our country. Or I had the opportunity to begin my, my, my ministry, to begin being a pastor, the, the very move that I think God has been calling me to my whole life. And where do I, where do I go? God had answered my prayers in ways that I wasn't even expecting. And now I was, I was pretty upset with God saying, God, which am I supposed to do? 
which am I supposed to, am I supposed to become a pastor? Am I supposed to be a chaplain in the national park? Am I supposed to pick one or the other? How, how do I move forward? I know that I'm not alone in this kind of circumstance, that this happens to us all the time, that, that we pray to God and God answers in ways that we weren't expecting. That God provides for us in ways that we were not ready for, that we didn't think was going to happen, that, that we had no idea God was doing. And I'm telling you today that even if we were in the bottom of an ocean, even if we were in the belly of a fish, that God will hear us. And God will answer, and maybe it's not what we think. Maybe what God is saying is, is that I'm sending you to Nineveh. Maybe what God is trying to do is point us on the right direction, point us on the right path. Maybe God is going to answer our prayers in a way that we weren't expecting. Maybe the answer from God is no. But God will hear us. That, that much is sure. That if God can hear Jonah in the bottom of the ocean, in the belly of a fish, in a place that Jonah thought was hell, if God can hear Jonah there, surely God can hear us. Surely God has access to us. Surely we have access to God's ear through the Holy Spirit that we may know, that we may know that we are heard, that we may know that we are listened to, that God will hear us and God will answer us. Maybe not the way we expect, but we will be answered. Let us pray. Gracious and Holy Father, we know that you hear us when we pray to you. Even if we are praying alone, even if we are praying with the doors shut, even if the blinds are closed, we know that you hear us. We know that you will answer us. And so, Lord, we ask for the wisdom to know what you are saying. We ask for the wisdom to know what you are speaking to us. We ask for the wisdom to know what you want in our lives where Nineveh is, where we are going, how we can follow you, how we can, can continue to work in your mission. That is the wisdom that we ask for, Lord. Lord, let the Holy Spirit embody within us. Let the Holy Spirit provide us with this wisdom, provide us with this knowledge. Let the Holy Spirit translate your will for us that we may know where we are supposed to go and what we are supposed to do. Let the Holy Spirit, Lord, connect us that we may pray to you and be in constant communication with you. That we may pray without ceasing. That we may pray in a way that is life-giving. That we may pray in a way that we know you are listening. Lord, we pray all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.